Hello, my name is Abna Sewa, the editor of Akadi magazine, and you're listening to Connecting Communities, a Miss B Writes and Akadi magazine podcast that brings together the experiences of Ghanaians from across the globe. Many of you will know that the 10th of October is World Mental Health Day. Some of you will know that black people living in the UK are more likely to be diagnosed with mental health conditions, be admitted to hospital and experience poor outcomes for treatment. They are also at a higher risk of entering mental health services via the courts or the police, rather than through primary care, and they are more likely to be treated under a section of the Mental Health Act than receive medication. I speak to one young man who, at only 23 years old, has had to face some of the mental health inequalities I have mentioned. His name is Tetakwesi, and he candidly shares his experiences of living with mental illness and how writing and performing poetry has helped him to deal with his condition. The original interview was published in 2018 on the Miss B Writes platform and has been updated to feature the track in Fityasi exclusively for Akadi magazine, which was created by percussionist Erika Wasu and producer Nia Tom Sabag. Welcome. Akwaba <laughs> to all my Ghanians. So I'm interested to find out what inspired you to write? What inspired me to write more or less was the fact that there was a period of my life when I was going through a lot of tough challenges and I needed an outlet to show how I feel and express my mind. That stemmed from obviously being a, a black male and a male period. We, you know, you don't really talk about your feelings or how you feel. And if you grew up in an African household, <laughs> it's one of those things that's pushed aside when you feel a certain way because it's just not in our culture to express how you feel. So when did you start writing? I started writing in 2016. I actually got the idea off of my mum, to be honest. She says, in first, she in fact told me to write a book about my life. And then I started to write poems as well. So that's how I started. In terms of the subject matter, what inspired you? That's a good question. Um, subject matter, I would say talking about my mental health. Talking about kind of like an awakening and an epiphany of what I wanted out of life and how to execute getting it, life challenges, and just my whole experience in, in my then 22 years of age. I am 23 now, so yeah. So you talked about mental health challenges. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I can actually. To be honest with you, I, in my opinion, have been dealing with mental illness for a long time, since childhood, because I didn't know I had a condition called dyspraxia. And that is a condition where your your hand-eye coordination is um, affected. You the way you perceive things is slightly different. It can affect you socially. It can make you very creative, and you have like a, a different insight to the world that people who aren't on the spectrum have. So, as a child, you know, I used to deal with a lot of obsessive thoughts and repetitive thoughts. I didn't know how to to process these thoughts and to respond to these thoughts, so it, it bothered me a lot. I just thought these thoughts were normal as well. Also, 
I've always been someone who's been anxious, so I, I just thought that was normal as well. So that's how it started. Obviously, leaving those issues undiagnosed, it built up into a big problem when I became uh, 16, where I would say I had mental illnesses which aren't mainstream. So, for example, they diagnosed me as having unspecified psychosis when I went to the West London Mental Health. So, in my opinion, they were unclear about my diagnosis. So this was when you were 16? Yeah, this is when I was 16. Um, so I saw a counsellor for a while, but I don't think they took into account that I had dyspraxia. So I guess their style of dealing with me wasn't so resonant with what I was going through. So it's been a rocky journey from, I would say, 16 to 23. I'm actually very thankful I've survived these years because it's, it's been a real test of strength. So even times when I have doubted whether it's a higher power or not, I know I couldn't have overcome this one by myself. Yeah. Mm. Do you think it makes it harder because it is undiagnosed? Um, yes, because mental health is quite a broad thing, you know. Some normal issues in mental health are just normal challenges where others are clearly a problem. Obviously, the way our mental health is stigmatized, if you hear diagnosis like psychosis or schizophrenia, you probably thinking of someone who's really crazy because of how the media portrays them. But it's not all that, you know? So, yeah, it, it, it can be hard to find a solution if you, if you can't define the problem. But at the same time, labels aren't always a good thing. Um, so it's a tricky one. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, how do you think as a child and as a young man you've been able to cope like what strategies did you use mm -hmm. that's a good question i guess as a child and the early teenager i used to box so that kept my mind strong life is like it's like a river sometimes you know if when you're thrown in the deep end you have to find a way to cross so even if you're not taught how to swim you have to try to learn how to swim yeah and i feel like that's basically how I learned to find my own coping mechanisms, even though they may not have been the best, but they were good enough to, for me to, to live this, this long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you know of anyone who has dyspraxia, like maybe a celebrity or somebody or? Um, yes, actually. I researched that uh, Daniel Radcliffe, um, the man who's in Harry Potter series, he yeah. has dyspraxia. I did research that, um, Albert Einstein may have had a form of dyspraxia because I know he was autistic. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with the right treatment and help, it, uh, learning difference doesn't have to be a difficulty. Okay. Yeah. But you think it must be compounded with this undiagnosed mental condition that you've been given, even though mm -hmm. they don't know what it is? I mean, yeah, so I've had to kind of, um, kind of reject the diagnosis. Okay. Because I haven't found it helpful. Yeah. Um, the see mental health is such it's not a black and white thing you know because mm. to be honest sometimes being diagnosed can make you feel worse you know and the fact that the fact that I was seeking help was seen as strange behaviour because most people in mental health they kind of were recluse yeah. that worked against me um, and unfortunately due to certain events I was sectioned for 21 days which was a really tough time when did this happen? The section happened four days after my 23rd birthday. So, yeah, I didn't know if I would last, you know. Everyone in there was like, you know, you're a lot stronger than you think, you know. 
These are the other patients. Yeah, you know, but in my opinion, that place doesn't help you at all. Yeah. And um, once it in, once you've been sectioned, it's very hard to get out because the tests you face in there, the rudeness of the staff, you know, dealing with people whose mental health is a lot worse than yours can be pretty traumatic. Yeah. And you don't really have a voice in there because even when you speak to therapists and stuff, they don't really listen to you. Wow. Yeah, I think maybe it's because they think you're so ill, you don't know what you're talking about. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's... So can you explain to us why you were sectioned? Six officers came to my house, which I felt very friend and intimidated by. So um, you said six? Six, or maybe even more. Uh, I didn't allow them to enter my house. I met them on the staircase and I told them we, we can have this downstairs. At first they tried to coerce me into having it upstairs, but I said no. I stood my ground. So we went downstairs after a bit of small talk. I realised they weren't going to leave me alone. I wasn't arrested by the same time they said they weren't letting me go. So I had no choice but to push one of them. And, and then an altercation ensued where I actually almost died. And then I was sectioned where... The strange thing about being sectioned is um, they don't have to tell you why you're sectioned. If they feel they have good reason to section you, whether it's disputable or not, they they will section you. So, yeah, that that was uh, a tough time. And you said you almost died. Yeah, I mean, um, the police were elbowing me, punching me. They the knees were on my face when I was on the ground. All um, six of them. Yeah, um, I couldn't breathe. Um, I said I couldn't breathe, I couldn't breathe. And they didn't stop? They didn't stop. It's only when um, one of my uh, neighbours got involved and pushed them off and a, a crowd gathered around to see what was happening. I mean, they did put me in the ambulance to, to the Charing to Cross Mental Health Unit. I guess they thought they'd give me a bit of dignity by um, not taking me in the police uh, or bully van. So, yeah, um, you know... That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being a black male or a black female in this country, you're, you are a target um, at times, you know? And I think a lot of people don't like to accept that reality yeah. and to try to blind themselves. But at the same time, we are very powerful people because of what we have survived as a race and all the great contributions we've made to the society. But I definitely think black men and women need to understand their position and unite so and unite more so less of these things happen because if situations like this happen and we just watch you know yeah we we aren't making the active effort to stop this challenge and we can't rely on anyone else to to solve our problems but us you know that's just the, the blunt reality and i think also what's sad is you're at your most vulnerable Mm -hmm. and you're having to fight so many authorities that are supposed to be there to help you Mm -hmm. So we know about what happened to Rashan because he died. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe other people got involved and mm-hmm. they made that the media aware of it. I'm not sure what's happened in your case, but it's like, why would you have to also try and fight or defend yourself when you're feeling so low? Mm-hmm. That's the time when you need the most help. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very sad because you, a person shouldn't have to get to a breaking point for them to get help, you know? Yeah. It can make you question how the way the systems are designed, whether they're designed to to really make a difference or not, because 
in my opinion, people who are going through mental health issues, I would advise you to do it privately if you can afford it, just so it doesn't come back on you. If you can't do it privately, just make sure your family is supportive yeah. if, you, if you do it through the NHS because as a black man or black woman, they're likely to give you, you're three times more likely to get diagnosed as having an illness or to be given um, medication. If they perceive your behavior as aggressive or erratic, you can be sectioned. Yeah. And and then that stays on your record. That's, yeah, that stays on your record. I mean, a friend of mine who I know, he said he, once he was defending his girlfriend in public and he ended up getting arrested just because he had a record, you know. Wow. I know that your experiences have influenced your writing and, and you write quite a lot of poetry. And I believe you've got one poem that you wanted to share with us today. Yes, I do. This poem I would like to share with you guys is called Dyspraxia. This is a poem I wrote just to help me to understand my condition and um, to express an outlet that I could share with others. Dyspraxia. You make me anxious all the time like a feeble criminal who has committed the worst crime. Give me a rare insight into life which most minds despise. Despite my poor coordination, there's times you make me feel rare and amazing. I don't get the social norms of this world and it makes it difficult to speak to pretty girls and build good relations, but the ones you accept us are keepers. In many ways, we're gifted leaders. You can learn of others and they can learn from us. You also give me humility and bless me with many abilities, a creative insight and a good analyzer. One day I'd like to make history. Just remember, Teta, not to take life too literally. Thank you. That was great. I believe that you're you're at college now, aren't you? Yes, I'm at college. And uh, how are you finding it? Yeah, I'm finding it good. It's interesting. What are you studying? Um, African and Caribbean studies, politics and anthropology. Brilliant. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a diverse um, combination of subjects that I'd like to do. They all teach me something and um, I can combine... African studies with uh, creative writing or politics one day. Brilliant. So, so tell me, what would you like to be when you're older? I would like to be an activist or a writer. Um, I'd, I'd like to do both, actually. I'll make time to do both. Those are two areas which I, my strengths lie and I'm passionate about, especially activism on um, issues affecting, affecting Africans and people of African descent. Brilliant. So you talked earlier about some of the challenges that you faced with your mental health condition, and I don't know if that had an impact on your education. Yeah, it did have an impact on my education. Um, I never got to complete my A-levels because of that. I struggled with work because of my physical challenges as well as my mental troubles. So now I'm in a place where I have relatively have my issues on, on, on track. So I'm managing my, my problems well, so I'm able to pursue college. So I was under the impression that when you have some mental challenges sometimes that affects your ability to concentrate is are those some of the issues that you had which meant you couldn't finish your a-levels yes before? those are some of the issues i had um i was studying maths business and sociology um five years ago especially throughout maths there was times i couldn't concentrate i had a tutor and i still failed my maths exam so i realized that on, under these stress levels that i was enduring it was relatively impossible for me to pass yeah 
So what do you think is different now? What I think is different now is I know my challenges. I have the support around me and I have grown a lot to know myself and to know the things I can and can't do. Okay. Um, so I, in other words, I know exactly where I'm going now. Okay. And you've got a good support network around yes, you. I've got a good support network. There's this organization called My Brother's Keeper who work with um, black males who have uh, been through issues in their life or have been abused and they are uh, they've offered me counseling uh, i have a mentor who who is a nigerian man who helps me and i have managed to make some made some friends in the process as well some friends who understand uh, my challenges and uh, and have accepted me for me and, and that was one of the issues you've mentioned before acceptance and yeah feeling part of yeah acceptance community. um i've struggled with relationships and friendships um because i in my opinion i'm sometimes very brutally honest or i can be socially awkward i'm a confident dude but i just don't i'm just socially inept at times so that's what i would say okay. i've also uh struggled with women as well because i would say i <laughs> it's quite an interesting subject. I just don't understand what they want. <laughs> I think yeah. you're not alone. I, I, <laughs> like mental challenges aside, I think mm -hmm. a lot of other men feel the same. Yeah, I maybe understand. I'm wrong, men. I don't know. <laughs> you probably have a good point there. <laughs> okay, so I believe you have a poem which talks about your relationships or you know your interaction with women that you wanted to share with us as well. Yes, I do have it. Okay. Um, so, to the sisters out there, I got you, man. No doubt. This one's <laughs> called Black Girls. Black Girls, you are my Achilles heel. Your intellect and beauty is far too real. I love your soft and caring nature and the way you cater. Every other race hates you because they know you're beautiful inside out. Ladies are queens, no doubt. You often do well in careers such as business, finance and medicine. Let the haters hate. Their opinions are irrelevant. Don't let Western standards of beauty make you feel away. When times are hard, you bow down and pray. You're the only woman who can give me true satisfaction. There's a lot of us brothers that want you by our sides. Just because you're a soldier, doesn't mean I'll put you through war. I protect you with my life, not because you're weak, but because I put your safety before mine. I've seen the pain on your glory, and other kind souls need to hear your story. I've never had an intimate experience with you, but one day we'll have something true. A love I refuse to lose, and I have nothing to prove. Except that I love and value you. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. When did you write that one? Did I wrote this one three months ago. Really? Yeah. Was there a special woman in mind? Yeah, there was. Yeah. <laughs> and then? <laughs> does she know this poem? Have you have you read it to her? No, she doesn't know this poem. She well, doesn't know this poem. She does now? Yeah, she does now. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Thank you very much. And talking of relationships, just to end the conversation, talk to me about how you are with your family, your your siblings. You've got a brother, two brothers, how many? Yes, I have two brothers and uh, one sister, so there's uh, four of us. Yeah, um, my siblings, we get along, you know, obviously we fight at times, but they got my back. Um, they've been in my corner for probably seven years struggles so I really appreciate them for that. My mother and father as well, we have a good relationship. I, um, I'm very thankful for my parents. 
And for the record, ladies, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? I would just say for anyone who's going through hard times, just know you're not alone. It can be very difficult at times, especially if you've been facing hardships your whole life. Just know that there's a silver lining. Don't give up on yourself. Try and find your outlet. Find your tribe. And just keep persevering because... Life, life will honour you for your efforts and, and your, your pure hearts. So just, just keep trying. That's really good advice. And you mentioned some organisations that have helped you. Do you mind just repeating the name? Yes, those organisations called My Brother's Keeper, who do the Man in the Mirror project. So if we just Google My... My Brother's Keeper. Yeah, we'll find with it. black men, mainly. If you want to find private counselling, type in Black Asian African Therapist Networks on Google or BAATN and you will find a list of um, private psychiatrists and psychologists. Um, if you're doing it through the NHS, you have to go through your GP. Yeah, um, and that takes six that weeks. That can take six, up six weeks, yeah. which is not right because it, you shouldn't suffer. If yeah. you're already at a very vulnerable point, yeah. it is painful waiting. With the private counselling... You'd have to pay for that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, mine, they do um, counselling for a reduced rate. That's £20 an hour. Usually most counsellors, private counsellors, £50 an hour, which can be very expensive, especially when not working. But is there not a, a rate for young people? And unfortunately, there isn't. Yeah. You know. Okay. The best piece of advice I give to anyone who goes through a hard time is to listen to life and to just be kind to yourself. Always be kind to yourself. I mean, Good times and bad times that will help you all the way and it will definitely reduce the stresses in your life yeah that's really good advice because it's hard sometimes to be kind to yourself Very when you hard. just think especially when you feel low and you feel inadequate yeah you have to uh, challenge negative thoughts in your head yeah, yeah it, can, it can be really tiring so just lastly where can people find more about your your poems or find out more about you Good question. I um, perform at um, Poetic Unity at times. That's a charity run by a man called Rex CV. He's a poet as well. Um, and where's that? They, they hold weekly sessions in Black Horses okay. Archives in Brixton, where um, I perform sometimes on an open mic. What day is that? That's every Wednesdays at 7, seven o'clock to 9 o'clock. And BCA is in Brixton? Yeah, yeah. BCA is in Brixton. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and sharing something which is quite personal and also sharing your poetry, which is really inspiring. So I hope that you continue to write and perform and I hope that also helps you with your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode hosted by Miss B Writes for Acadie magazine. The music in this episode is called Infitiasi or Genesis and is created exclusively for Acadie magazine and Miss B Writes by percussionist Eric Owusu aka King Owusu and producer Nia Tom Sabag. For more content like this visit www.acadiemagazine.com and msbwrites.co.uk Thank you.